and welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. you and we're listening to the junkyard love podcast where at the intro i like to add some form of new knowledge new information new perspective a new talk a passage from a book a book uh something somewhere to change your view or maybe make you think differently about something most of the time my guest does not know or really have any affiliation of course with the intro part so i just want to make that clear i just kind of randomly put in some my thoughts at that time for the intro before the guest i just want to enrich the listener with new information so when they're out there kind of looking for something to feed their brains they don't have to default to you know watching parks and rec for the millionth time or watching whatever YouTube suggests next. Guilty and guilty myself. So this week's recommendation um, is, it is titled, How the Evolution of Porn Changed Adolescence. That's by Megan Moss, M-A-A-S. It's just a nice perspective flip. I think it's something that we should look at. We should have a look at this whole porn thing. You know, I've I've flipped my perspective on it over the last couple of years myself. I think it's important to talk about. I think we should have room for the uncomfortable conversations, right? So, enjoy the episode. Take care of yourselves. Drink that water. Let's go. Knowledge is power. First things first, my man. Cheers. I'm a across the table. Cheers. It's good to see you, buddy. Cheers. Good to see you, too. I'm going to struggle with this chair. I can hear it creaking. Dude, it ain't as bad as the last one. I'm always moving. The other one, yeah, I know I'm always twitching and fidgeting mm-hmm. too. It's like uh, ADHD. The last one would just randomly just slide right on down. So uh, I hate those chairs. Yeah, dude, you just whoop. I know. It, it'd be funny. I'd be in like a heated conversation, or not heated, you know, but just like a serious conversation, <laughs> and we were up on this table to where it's we're both max yeah, height, yeah. and then the guest would just. <laughs> Like it's some sort of like power move on my end. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I just want to make sure you know that your chair's lower than mine. For sure, for sure. It's mad weird. I I hate those chairs. You're just chilling, and all of a sudden you just drop. It's like makes you feel so heavy. <laughs> Was that me, <laughs> dude? I've got chairs upstairs. The dining room table chairs are like they're a danger. Every time that somebody new comes over, it's like Shaylee and I are just watching like hawks to make sure like. Do we need to warn them in a second? Yeah, yeah. Like we always have to say, hey, watch out for that chair. Like we're eventually we're just gonna get new chairs. We probably yeah. should, but until the time being, somebody's gonna bust it. Well, sometimes you just gotta let it play out. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. All right, bro. So it's been a while. I kind of want us to just like catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been up to the last few months? Like, what's what's quarantine been like to you? Man, quarantine's been crazy. Um, I work from home. I, like as you know, I'm a school high school counselor, so um, we haven't been allowed in the school, and um, so everything we do is from home in my apartment. And I don't know, it's been an adjustment, man. Like um, I'm a, I'm a, I don't have like a family, you know. Like I live by myself in a one bedroom apartment, <clears throat> so 
just by yourself it's like all lonely. all day like working like working from home is dope don't get me wrong but like during quarantine when you can't do anything i mean i still did stuff here and there but for like those first month and a half i was really just chilling and um after a while it started it was starting to get to me i'm not even gonna lie man it was like it's all of us man. You, you can't i think i went through like a three-day span where i didn't even leave my front door and i was like on the third day i was like yo i gotta get out of here bro like i'm going crazy i'm, I'm 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 going nuts. Well, and then not being able to like, you know, like I don't know how many hours or how exactly you had to work, but not being able to like separate your work from your home, mm-hmm. like especially if you just like, you know, I'm I'm pretty lucky that I have like a ton of space here. Right. Able to be like, all right, I can turn it off and just go upstairs and watch mm-hmm. TV and shit. But um, Megan Elam, she was down in in Portland, and they basically like, I think they had to like move their computers and shit. Like, um, it's probably like a. Uh, safety security sort of thing like so they can't just like you log into whatever you want on your personal computer that's Mm -hmm. probably not allowed but so they had to have like you know their headsets their whole like desk set up and she lives in just a studio right and so she was just she was going stir crazy like because it's like when you're not like you're you're just in the same exact room at all times you could turn around and see the same exact thing right like whether you're working or you're trying to chill it'd be hard to turn it off it's for sure it's it's important to get that uh that scenery change mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like that that's how we separate work from home you know like when you go to your job like that scenery what's what's around you what you're what's surrounding you right. that's work when you go home different scenery different right. vibe different environment when you're in the same vibe all day like home is now work and work is now home yeah. like it starts to <laughs> starts to mess you up it's after a while heavy man <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird you know like we do kind of we all we have like kind of personalities that we turn on and like you know parts of ourselves that we're like making sure we're sharpening in certain areas so like when you go to work it's like all right turn on yeah. like like let's be school counselor like let's mm-hmm. be the most this that i can be right. but when you're at home it's probably like a little different you know because you're also trying to it's your it's your home it's yeah. safety like it's i'm being me yeah. yeah i'm being me but also trying to do my job <laughs> not in my job setting yeah so i don't know you, you know how it is. We're, we're, we all carry so many different personas, uh-huh. so many different personalities. Like we, we're all so many different people in one. It, and it's crazy. Like right. we all know ourselves. We, we can all say we're, we're this type, we're this person, but we carry so many different characters in our, right. in our brain. And we, we mold, we're chameleons. We, we mold to That's some, true. no matter, we mold to the environment we're around. Yeah. You know, unless you're like a super narcissistic, narcissistic person, like you're going to you're going to mold to whatever environment you're around because you want to blend in. That's yeah. that's just human nature. Yeah. You you want to belong. Yeah. You're going to you're going to assimilate. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I, I always think of it as uh, back when I first started working um, 16, 17, I was working at like Paxson clothing store and then munition fuel um, like a, a moto lifestyle store and just thinking about the, like, e- even as a person behind the counter, like you, like people walk in, I, I talk about the example of, you know, like an older lady walks in by herself or an older lady walks in with her young grandson. I'm like, Hey ma'am, how are you today? And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm more gentle in my demeanor. Well, you know, in 30 minutes, once she's done, she's bought her stuff, whatever. See you later. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. 
um, like three skateboarder dudes walk in, like they just got out yeah, of school. Yeah. I'm like, what up my dudes? Yeah, How sure. you doing? Like, for you know, sure, yeah. we have these different, um, I think that we're, you know, we're always trying to be or try to communicate that we're this consistent one thing mm-hmm. and it like puts a kind of a hold on all of us because like, right. we, you know, cause someone always expects you to be that thing uh, yeah. or they don't, they expect you to be something else in mm-hmm. certain environments. It's we're impressive fucking creatures when oh, it yeah. comes to this stuff. Oh, yeah. There's so, there's so much to us, man. And, and it's crazy. Like, I feel like we, we, we change and evolve so many times and adapt to whatever environment we're in. So whenever you're like around people you're not with all the time and like one time you give them one persona and the next it's another, but it's cause you're in a different environment, a different vibe. Mm. People think you're fake. It's like I'm not fake. I'm just a. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just in a different headspace. I'm in a different environment. So I might have been wilding over here this time, but right. this vibe's chill. So I'm chilling, and it's like I'm not. I'm not changing. I'm not being fake. I'm. I'm just adapting to where I am and what's going on at this point in time. Right. It's an important like skill almost to sharpen. And you know, I think on the flip side, when other people around you are doing it, I think like everybody could be a little more lenient almost mm-hmm. like, okay, like you're just, you're just in that vibe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we're always trying to understand each other anyway, but we could really have some leeway when we let each other just like, I think I kind of got you figured out, but I also yeah, know yeah. that I don't. And that's right, all right. right. Like, you're just trying to live your life. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want to figure anyone out. Right. When you figure someone out, it's like, where do you like, what's the, like, what, what's, you, yeah. You like what's them? next? Like you, you, I just like know you. Like, this is all I'm going to know you as forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like, especially over the years, you know, so like Shaylee and I have been together for like almost 10 years mm-hmm. and you know, the, I, I've changed so much in the last couple of years, but there's also like, even before that, there's plenty of sides of me that like she doesn't know. And there's plenty of sides of her that like, I don't know. Right. And then we also just getting older together. Like mm-hmm. we inevitably change at, you know, you get in your latter twenties and you start just looking at yeah. life differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's super I, interesting. I feel like that's so good though for a relationship standpoint. Yeah, is just think about it. Like, you guys are still constantly like learning who each other are. Uh-huh. Like, imagine if you guys were the exact same. Like when you guys started, like you guys would be, you guys would be burnt out. Yeah, we'd be a couple of little guys, kids. Dating. Yeah, you guys, you guys would run out of stuff to talk about. Like, you have the same conversations forever. Right. But as you guys both evolve and you guys both grow, you guys got new jobs, new lifestyles like new questions are gonna be raised new conversations are gonna be raised it's just healthy for a relationship right and you in you know hanging out with different people like you were saying who you're around you know you're represented by them like um i think it's something like for me at my age i started to discover like you know that inevitable that thing you hear that like you're the sum of the five people you hang around or whatever yeah and you're like that's like unreal like you're like that that ain't true and then you kind of start for me it's like you kind of start thinking back it's like oh man like okay i was that when i was hanging out with those with those people often or you kind of just look at you know me and the boys growing up as 15 16 year olds like of course we'll st- we're still boys yeah but like when you aren't hanging out all the time there's like a i don't know there, there's like a growth mm-hmm. that like I, I don't know. You don't go back to hanging out with your boys and become the exact same person you were right. when you were 16 when right. you met. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're always adapting and growing. It's a beautiful thing to like have 
I'm pretty lucky to have a lot of the same homies. That yeah, I did. same. And, and we're just growing together. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you, have you felt that like your friend group, like you guys have grown over the years in different ways, like changed oh, when you watched it? Man, my my whole friend group, we're just everyone's doing their own thing. Like so many of us are doing completely different things, but we still get together and vibe out. Like, yeah, still all love. Like so many different careers in my friend group. So many different. Like it's crazy. Like. I don't even know. I don't even know how to say. It. Like we just, just it, it all works. Yeah. Like what? What was it? All right. So if you had to go in the form of, if you're describing it to somebody, telling them what click you were in. What was your high school like? What What was your homies like? Oh man. Like I was. I, I feel like I was like this. I was pretty all over. You know, I liked everybody, but I was a yeah. skater inherently. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. first. I. I didn't really. I don't know. It's a tough. I mean, I'm sure some people would say I was in a click, but. I fucked with everybody, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I loved everyone. Like, I say all the time, like, the people I missed the most in high school were, like, acquaintances. Like, not my best homies, but dudes I, I knew that I would never see again after high school. Mm. Like, looking back, like, those are the dudes I always knew I was going to miss the most. And I do. Because, like, you're always going to have your boys. Like, you're always going to have your best friends. Like, not to downplay their relationship, but, like, you know that they're always going to be there. Right. But, so... Like the friendships I cherished the most were like the dudes like I didn't kick it with unless I was at school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we, like we didn't go home after school and like kick it, but if we're in school or we got a class together, we're we're bullshitting and having a great time. It's almost like you appreciate, like you know, you're not gonna have a ton of time with this person, so you just, right. just really appreciate what I got, what right. they can offer me. And that, and for I don't know for whatever reason, I always, I always knew at that age that that was a thing. And I wasn't going to be friends with this dude or these dudes forever or girls. Hmm. And so I always took advantage of those, those, those friendships. I feel like that's pretty powerful. A lot of us don't even think that way. And as far as, you know, we're, we're like, oh, we're living through a lot of relationships and when, whether you're meeting people short term or long term, like you don't really think of like, what is, uh, is this the last time I'm going to see this person? Right. Is this is my last conversation with this person, can I say that it was valuable? Right. That's kind of a weird thing. Because yeah. no no one's going to think like that. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you're meeting someone at a concert, like, out of town, yeah, obviously it's like, you could probably never see this person again, but if it's locally, like, you're going to see him again, probably. Yeah. I always try to, I always try to wonder you know, like how our town is different than like bigger cities when it comes to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like small town, do we assume that we're probably going to know them forever? Do we like, <laughs> right. do we try to make the core? So think about like New York, you like go to a one studio, you know, one small place in New York. Mm -hmm. You've got a, uh, you know, a job that you took out there. You don't know anybody out in New York. Like everybody you meet is going to be completely just the interaction that you had with them. Oh, for sure. But in a small town, it's like, oh, okay, so you're, your cousins to so-and-so and, -so and mm -hmm. you, Oh, your dad's so-and-so. It's like, you can find a connection with right. all of these people, especially as you get older. Uh, it's, it's interesting to think of, of the dynamic here. You know, we, we have a, a small town, but a big small town. And to me, it's really cool. Um, to just, I don't know, like, like people you always, you always loved, you always like got along with them, but then you see them like as they get older and they start to become like a grown man, mm -hmm. grown woman. And you're like, oh dude, you're so cool. Like yeah. you're awesome. Yeah. I, I always saw that part in you, but now like you're really expressing it and you're finding a way for other people to see that yeah. part of you. It's dope seeing people evolve, man. 
It's fantastic. It's crazy. Even people that like fell off for a little bit mm-hmm. and they they build themselves back up. This is that's a thing of that's, beauty. That's the shit I love. Yes. I love to see that. Um, but no, that that reminds me of the first time we talked. Like before you really kicked this podcast off before and you I deleted it. And you deleted our <laughs> our talk. It's a good one too. But uh no, I remember we were talking um because we were talking about bed like best friends, like small towns compared to like bigger cities. And when I was at Central Washington, uh like we I always talk with other dudes and like trying trying to fill them out and they're like blown away that I had more than like one best friend. Or two best friends, right? And I was like, that was the vibe from like every every dude that was from like Seattle or Tacoma or any of those bigger mm. cities. And I was like, that's crazy to me. Like you, know, like you're gonna sit here and tell me like you you might be able to say you have one best friend. Like, yeah. like I I feel like I can say I have like thirty best friends that are like dudes that I like care about a lot. Yeah, and you've been to their house and you met their, yeah, their yeah. family. Like, it's like, a lot of connection. I, like, I couldn't imagine that. Like, having one per like, imagine only hanging out with one person. Sounds boring. Like, you guys are going to hate each other eventually. It, it, well, I mean, like, brother and sister relationship is a good example. Like, yeah. you love each other. Of course, you love hanging out with them. But after a while, you just get, like, you just have little right. buttons that you poke on each other. Exactly. It seems like, inevitable. That's just, I mean, that's life. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get it, get, get along with someone 100% of the time. Like, not how it works yeah so it's like growing up in a small town like you get to have all those friendships and all those best friends and like you just get to hang out with whatever like vibe you're in on that day like right. this day i'm feeling this homie like he he's like his vibes what i need today and the next day it might be someone else yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I feel like that, and that goes back to like the chameleon personality. Maybe exactly. a lot of people in small towns are good at chameleon yeah. personalities. Maybe that's a, a nice trait. Well, because you, you have to like, everyone knows you. Like, you can't like you're gonna adapt to whoever you're with. Right. Like you can't be the same all the time. It's so true. You know, there's there's like a consistency. There's thinking about just the sides of ourselves because there's a consistency that like there is a you obviously a constant you and you've got to like try to be true to that self and try to figure out what that is what that means to you but otherwise it's like you're kind of just trying to enjoy life and trying to bump into people and see how they're enjoying life right right and I, i guess i should back up a little bit like i'm not saying you can't be the same morally or like this, like deep down, like mm-hmm. obviously you can stay 100 with that. Like right. I'm saying, like as far as your vibe, right. like how, like are you chill that day, or like you are you hype that day? Like vibes change. We like not not like who you are as a person. I'm not saying like obviously you're gonna be who you are as a person, but like right. your vibe that day, like that that's the chameleon. Like that's what's gonna change day to day. Like you're gonna be in a different mood every day. Yeah. Well, in, in the, when you get around people you love, like they're, they're cool with that. They're like, Oh, you have an off day. That's cool. Still love it. Yeah, and they're going to accept whatever vibe you're in mm-hmm. and they're going to adapt. Do you think that like the people who, you know, in a bigger town, like where they didn't have a ton of best friends, like, do you think they felt um, like maybe a little more pressure to like always be on? Like, if, you know, cause exactly. you don't have that comfort of all your Exactly. Homies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And that's got to wear you out. Yeah. For sure. Like, 
not being able to like bounce back and forth, you know, like right. always having to be this like type A. Like, what if it's a day you need type B? Yeah, what if it's a day where you're just hurting? <laughs> or you, you just, you don't want to be on, but you got to fake it. Right. I think that I've seen, I've seen my, my friend group, you know, people that I've hung out with, like, you know, since, since we were young, um, and like, you know, you, you hang out with them in different ways too. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, we go on a, we go on a boating trip. I have a few friends that we go on a boating trip with every year in the like last what was it labor day or something we had gone and i remember this moment of all of us you know we're all like latter 30s now we've mm-hmm. been doing it for for a while we've been hanging out for a while um many years but we had like a, a a day where just for like an hour we were you know we were drinking and partying all day like having a great time but just mm-hmm. in the middle of the of the lake on the boat we just turned off and we started bullshitting and for an hour we were talking about like uh, like our relationships with our parents. We mm-hmm. were talking about like what, um, like just m- more serious stuff, like emotional things. Like we're kind of swapping back. It was like right. this homey council, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, if, if it's something that I value much, it's, it's so cool to have. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I wonder if not a lot of people have that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times it's it's like we're so afraid to have like the weird conversations, right? We're like, right. I don't, I don't want to show them that side of me. Like, I don't want them to think that I'm not tough or. Right. Well, I, I, that's that's the that's the difference between being around people that you know, truly value like, what's going on in your life. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, it's hard to have those conversations when if you don't know like if that person truly cares what you're saying. Mm. But when you're around those people that like you know they're listening and you know they like they give a shit and they and they know you care, those are just easier conversations to have. It's funny that as you were explaining that to me, I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to fix that lamp <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time. And I was just shining my eyes. Kept rolling. But but that's that's the thing, man. Like you got to be able to trust one another. You got to be able to like as you get older, man, you realize that once you just try to like, you start having those conversations with your homies or you start like asking them like, Hey bro, like, are you good? Do you need to talk? Do you need to, you know, these conversations that our upbringing, like our societal upbringing, like not just our individual parents, but like, we just don't talk about the real shit all the time. Like we're not allowed to talk about, I mean, think about 20 years ago, like anxiety and depression, like 20 years ago, nobody really had anxiety and depression or, or really knew about it or how to talk about it yeah. or whatever. And it was there, just people didn't know. Right. And, and we, we probably had to like keep it under the surface mm-hmm. too. We, yeah. had to, we had to keep our faces on too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to grow and adapt. Um, for the, it, it bothers me every time when I can hear that so loud in my ears, it just throws me for a loop, man. What is it? Um, I think it's just, I think it's just my mom upstairs running, running water oh, and it's okay. just running through the pipes, but these mics just pick it up. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard it earlier, but uh, I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah. I wish that my ADHD is like, pay attention, pay attention, <laughs> bro. Be right here. Oh, for sure. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to grow. It's a beautiful thing to change. It's a beautiful thing to like allow other people to grow and change too. Like, you know, like, just allowing ourselves to grow into what we really want, you mm-hmm. know, because everybody sees you in a certain light. Everybody sees each other. You, you see your homies 
I don't know, like like as much as you've seen your good homies like be be dickheads, you know, mm-hmm. be be turds as much as like I've done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's also for me, I don't know, you just get older and I just start to see them more in the light of like, oh, here's what you're going to accomplish. Like yeah, you're yeah. going to do this thing mm-hmm. and you just you value it a lot more. And so you go into those conversations without thinking you need to like meet them. Like I was talking about the uh, the example of uh, working at the store like a grandma. It's like, OK, I think I need to like meet her at her level yeah, yeah. of like. I'm making this assessment of looking at them and I'm going to try to just be the person that she needs me to be. But yeah, you, you can, you can like, get rid of all that, man. You can get yeah. rid of the facades and just like talk to your homies. Mm-hmm. It's something super valuable. I think, I think the whole grandma thing, like interacting, like being polite, stuff like that. I think, I think we subconsciously like, Put that on because there is a little kid there and we subconsciously like mm. want to show that kid like how to interact with like our, uh, our our elders that's very true you know like she's an elder like i'm gonna i'm gonna show this younger kid like how you're supposed to treat him mm. yeah that is true because if you think of like how a kid with his own grandma mm-hmm. he's kind of a little turd you right. know because it's grandma yeah. Then he sees another kid who think he, or a, a guy who he thinks is cool mm-hmm. being respectful to grandma. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is a, that's a good point. Well, and kids are always watching. So always like, watching. So it's like if you don't greet her that way, the kid's gonna be like, oh, maybe, maybe that's how it's supposed to be. Right. I mean, we don't realize that we're doing it, but even when I was younger, I mean, I was always looking up to older people trying to like mimic them. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember I was I was talking about um, with my homie Deb. I had these two guys that lived across the street from me when I was growing up and uh, they were twins and they were a few years older than me. And I knew that I was like probably the most annoying kid ever, but they were nice to me. Like yeah, and they, yeah. they were skateboarders too. Mm-hmm. So um, like the things that you kind of try to do to impress those people and you don't realize, but like you said, like they're always watching. Yeah. Like, there's always somebody watching and it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing to like, you know, put on yourself, like don't put a bunch of pressure on yourself, but like sometimes we can get in our own heads mm-hmm. and sometimes it's important to remember you know, like, Hey, somebody's watching. Like there's kids watching. They're looking up to me. They're looking for guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to, even the neighbor kid across the street, like I always try to be polite to him, but I always try to like treat him like an adult, you know? Right. Like I was like, Hey man, what's up? How are you? Like what's, what's been going on with school? Um, I, I think that it's, it's our interactions with each other are so interesting. We don't really take a look at them, but sometimes we get too caught up. I think in the you see a young kid and it's like the goo goo gaga. Like you got to yeah. treat, you know, sometimes you can just treat them like a, a person and just yeah. be yourself. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what's your, all right, let's wind back. I want to get, I want to get the listeners. I've, Cause we didn't, we didn't post the last one cause I fucking deleted it. I'm trying to make sure they know you a little bit. Um, you, you went to central. Yeah. How many years you go to central? I went to Central for two years. For two years? What did you study? Uh, interdisciplinary studies. Okay. Psych, social, and anthro. How many years ago? Uh, I graduated in 2016. Yeah. Yesterday. You graduated yesterday? In 2016, yeah. Oh, wait. I was like, <laughs> wait, hold up. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, no, I saw, I saw, it's actually sad. That, uh, well, I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess, but like uh, they drove up and got their diplomas. Yeah, did you see yeah, that? Yeah. That's a strange thing. It is. What is what has been? Have you been involved in any like the graduation stuff for for the kids graduating high school now? Has it been like crazy weird for them? Have you? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah. there's, like, 
I feel bad that they didn't get a ceremony. I mean, they had a virtual one. It was on KLTV. But, I mean, you only get one graduation. So, kind of a bummer that they didn't get a, 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 like a actual ceremony. You know, it's funny. We, I feel like when I was, when I was graduating, it was kind of this like, whatever, like, I guess I'll walk. Like, it was Mm -hmm. like this, like, I guess I'll do it. But, you know, then you get up there and you're smiling your yeah, ears yeah, yeah. and walking across <laughs> that stage. Like, you can no doubt, like, yeah, you're dapping up the teachers yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you, it's one of those things you downplay until you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you, then it hits you. It's like, I'm never going to see 80% of these people ever again in my life. Like, this is actually real. Like, this is real shit. Like, I should probably care a little bit here. Right, dude. I, I kind of wonder, you know, I just feel my sense of, of like hope obviously like through you know it's it's it changes and it adapts and and we and we get used to whatever our normal is but like first month of coronavirus and everything was like shutting down mm-hmm. like man my hope and like i'm just like what is going to happen for the future like what am i what should i be planning for like because for me all my i work in live events i'm a gig worker mm-hmm. like all my shit got canceled and i'm like i don't know like do I just hold tight and then in a few months I'll start doing the same thing or do I need to shift or what's, what's going on? I can't imagine trying to plan your like future. Like, Oh, I'm ready for college. I'm ready for this next step in my life. Like mm-hmm. these poor kids, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a huge step and a huge next chapter with so many uncertainties. So what do you, what do you think is going to be, Obviously, because of this, not just this, but this is obviously going to cause like over the next five, ten years, like trickles in our education system oh, for, for sure. sure. Like, so what are you? What's your broad predictions here? Like, what do you? How do you think? Um, you know, teaching and schooling, um, even on college level down below, like all, all of it. Like, do you do you think there's anything for sure going to change that you're seeing already? It's hard to say, man. There's. No one really, no one really knows what's going on right now, as far as education. Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's crazy. It could, it could change education forever, or a couple more months are gonna go by and everything's gonna go back to normal. It's a, it's hard to say. I don't. I feel like it's not. I mean, I don't know what the hell it's get, what it looks like, but to me, like going back to normal just seems like it's not gonna happen. I don't know. I <laughs> I know. I I hate well, to think that but it crosses your mind. I just think that it's so for me I just think that there's so many things that the the coronavirus and the quarantine and like this whole thing like pointed out that's like we knew it was bad but it's like pointing out you know as we as we grow with technology even as we grow as just like a civilization and humanity and we get smarter it's like you got to be updating the books that the kids are reading and what they're teaching and mm-hmm. why you're teaching it to them. And, yeah, yeah. you know, our, a lot of our school system is based off of like, let's get some factory workers ready to go. And that's not the world we live in. Like factory workers is like the last thing you want to be being trained for. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not in, like, I haven't been involved in any sort of school in the last 10 years. <laughs> so like it could have been fucking changing drastically for all right, I know. Right, but, right. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like we're going to have like, the stuff that that you and I learned when we were back in school, it seems like if I was a kid, I would want to know way different stuff. Like I would want to know way more about the world and not just like sure. the, you know, what happened in American history. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but th- there is a difference. Like it's cool to have a bunch of teachers on zoom and stuff and teaching in that way. Like it'd be cool to see 
kids being able to like learn what they really want. Like if you know, you're, you're 13 and you love, uh, music production, you know, like if you could be able to like get matched up with like a great music producer teacher, even if there's not one in your town, Mm -hmm. like you, you take a zoom class online and that's like your schooling or something, but that'd be cool. But there's a lot that you miss out when it's online. But it's also going to cost money. Yeah, that's true. Which it doesn't in public schools. Public schools are cheap. They're free. They're free. (laughs) What a a weird... We're up against change for sure, man. I'm just kind of curious, like, how it's going to... How it's going to go down next. All right, play, play with me that... That shit is crazy different. Like school starts next year and it's so different. It's unrecognizable. Fantasize with me. What do you think it would look like? What What would be the best case scenario? The best case scenario? Best, like let's say we get like cash flow of money too. Like we could just, the, the government has just supplied like, all right, we need to put all of our money into schools in this situation. What would it look like? Like how could we best teach the kids? Like are you saying if like we had all the money to make education the way we think it should be? Yeah, let's do that. Oh man. Well, I would go Monday through Thursday for sure. Four days. Mm-hmm. 100%. For sure. Work week should be like that too. Yeah. Um I just think that's 5 days is a lot for 14 or 6 through 18-year-old. Right. Like it's a grind. Yeah. And like mental illness is just getting worse year by year there's some like kids these days have so much so much shit going on in their lives not that we didn't either mm-hmm. but it's just a whole different like with social media like it's negativities in their face every single day right like no matter how positive their life is like they're watching negativity on a daily basis and that subconsciously starts to just mess with your your mindset 100% and so, uh, I think kids get burnt out mentally and physically and emotionally. Like, like, do they need to go to school five days a week? Is it is it gonna is it gonna hurt them at all? If anything, they're gonna get more retention because they're getting more sleep. Hopefully, right. if they take advantage of the extra day. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I would do that for sure, though. Yeah, and I and I feel like I feel like it also will would boost um, it would boost your staff and how they how they work productivity. I feel like it would boost it because they're getting an extra day too to prepare or rest or reset the brain and education's tough, man. Dude, for real, like it's tough, like people get burnt out too adults do so um i feel like everyone would it's a win-win i feel like everyone would benefit from a four-day week i think that's a solid idea i've i've seen that idea like i was saying for work too i've seen um you know like reddit just the titles on reddit like every couple of weeks is like should we go to a four-day work week or like yeah. is a four-day work week coming and mm-hmm. stuff like that it would obviously trickle over into schooling too right. we forget that you know we're when you're learning, like when you're consuming, like you're taking stuff in, it's not always just like instant, 
like your brain, your subconscious mind is always like working in the background for you. It's putting mm-hmm. together some stuff. Like you got to have the sleep to even be able to like comprehend. For sure. You know, it's, it, it's how our bodies work. We've got to be able to like sit on some stuff and change our views of it. Or, um, you know, you can't just like, all right, here's the thing you're going to learn and I'm going to shove it into your brain as hard as I can for an hour. And then you know it, mm-hmm. you know, that's re- rest and recovery is when we learn. It's just like with muscles, man. Like yeah. you go, you go to the gym and you tear it up. And then when you're healing, it's that scar tissue like reheals, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's how mm-hmm. you get big. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I think that, uh, I don't know, to, to me, it, it's very interesting to see how the, the Zoom calls and, and FaceTime and uh, like for me, like uh, my, my counselor, like I went, I started doing uh, FaceTime calls for that mm-hmm. it, and it was, it wasn't as good at all. Um, but it was like, okay, that is way better than just nothing for sure. Like right. being able to have that FaceTime conversation or, or just walk around on speakerphone, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if like, we'll, we'll improve it. Like we'll take the good things like, okay, this is nice to be able to like have kids in their own safe environment. Um, but still be able to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe like as our technology advances, if we can have some sort of, cause there's still this, this, I mean, everybody feels it like when you're, it's, it's just, of course, not the same as being in person. Like if I was trying to do the podcast, like just through zoom calls, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as smooth. You know, it's you don't not, get the vibe. Not the same like, vibe. No. We gotta have, no. we gotta have that human interaction, yeah. you know, it's that, that biology in the air. Right. Bouncing back and forth. Well, and, and you're able to like, when you're talking to, even as a counselor, like you're able to talk to a kid and, you know, being able to like put your hand on his shoulder and, and you like be frank with him, look him in the eye and be like, come on, man. Or yeah. there's a lot of power in that. Like yeah. we're with words, we're trying to communicate how we feel. Yeah. So. There, there's definitely a presence you feel in person other than on the phone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you feel like your, um, your your upbringing have, did you always plan on being a counselor like since you were young like what was your where was your head at when you were back in school yourself i didn't i didn't think about being a counselor until i was at central yeah yeah um yeah it was a it was a late late decision yeah what yeah. what have you it'd be hard to summarize i'm sure but like what are some things that you've learned from it or like what's a what's a big takeaway like thus far, um, it's been a couple of years now. As far as being a counselor, yeah, someone always needs you. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> someone always needs a person to fall to, fall back on. Um, and it's not always going to be the person they're closest to. So, like for a kid, it's not always going to be the kid's parent. It's not always going to be the kid's guardian. It's not always going to be the kid's best friend. Right. It's it's going to be, it could be anybody. And as a school counselor, a lot of times that's you. That's pretty real because I feel like I 100% wouldn't have, I don't know if I super opened up to my school counselors, but there's like, I would definitely be willing to tell someone who like is in that position over somebody in my family or somebody close to me. Right. It's crazy. It goes back to that facade we're always trying to keep <clears throat> up, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want them to, to think that we're weak. You know, nah, we got yeah. some shit going on at home. Yeah, like you want to be a tough. Yeah, yeah. That that was my problem growing up. I like as you've talked about your life too. Like we both hid so much about our life. Mm-hmm. Like we wanted, we didn't want anyone to know like what it what it really was. Right. 
And I feel like I feel like I was super misunderstood growing up. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Cuz I always acted like I had it all figured out. And I always acted like I had it had it had it good. Same here. <laughs> and I got away with it cuz I was a good athlete. So uh, I I catered to that and used that to to make people think that I, I was good. Right. See, I mean, I, I did my similar things in so many ways. Like I, I was just talking about, um, just, just as an example, like at the end of my work shifts, I would, um, like, you know, it's like nine o'clock at night or whatever. And your manager, or whoever was like working with you, like, all right, you good? Like you need a ride. And you know, you walk outside cause you don't have a car or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, my ride's my ride's yeah. right down oh, the street. I just got off the phone yeah, with my yeah. sister. She's on the way. <laughs> oh, so yeah. many times. And then bro. as soon as you see those taillights, all right, let's get yeah, walking. Got yeah. a couple miles to cover. Yeah. Or you yeah. or you get dropped off a couple houses down. Like, this is me. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my, my homie Dev was just talking about that. He yeah. he was saying like, uh, I think his dad had like a van. He was like in a van and uh, in it. He had a van. And he was in a band. Mm-hmm. And so he had the same like just a natural like, don't drop me off in front of the house yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is, and it, it's it's funny because I look back and like I'm not embarrassed one bit of my upbringing. Like I didn't have much; it was a struggle. Like I went through so much shit, but looking back, I, I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't struggle growing up, I wouldn't wouldn't have got through wouldn't have got through anything I've gotten through in my life. Same here. <clears throat> like. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm like growing up. Like I had a great, I had a great childhood. On one hand, yeah. But I had a, my childhood was also a struggle. Um, like growing up with a single mom. Um, being African American, being raised in a predominantly white town, mm-hmm. being raised by a white family you know there's there's a lot of confusion when i was growing up there was a lot of what do you mean confusion because i'm i'm brown skin and everywhere i look there's no one that looks like me you already felt like in like a non-belonging right. sense um like i i swore i was adopted till i was like five <laughs> you guys gotta tell me yeah i was like <laughs> so funny it's fucked up, but I I was literally like till I was like five. I was like I was like the same the same really my family. There's no way. What are they gonna tell me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so messed up looking back. But well, I was I, mean, that, I was con- yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, I was I was I was just I was confused. Like mm-hmm. li- literally, like my whole family is white. Like family reunions of a hundred, and there's one colored person there, and it's me. Did you feel like it, that was, like, was it an obvious thing to people other than you? Like, was it, um, like, would people treat you differently because of it? Would people want to bring it up? Would people address it? Or what was well, it? Well, I guess that's what I should clear up. This, I wasn't mean in any, in any way. Like, I was loved to death. But yeah, yeah, everyone in my family. I just want to make that clear real quick. No doubt. But um, I definitely felt different. Yeah. Like, even though I was loved, like... In in a in a sense, it was like I was being overloved because I was different. Uh, they were trying to like 
people are trying to compensate because they didn't want me to feel different. Dude. Which it was, there's nothing wrong with that, but right. uh, but it was like it's something you noticed. Yeah, it's literally. I mean, they're just trying to make sure you're feeling that love, right. but it's because they're family. Yeah, but you know, I feel like when you're a smart kid, because I was new, so in mine, um, I don't know if this is super similar, but for me, like I, you know, at a certain age, I realized that I was the poor kid, and mm-hmm. like I was hanging out with the kids who like, like, like everybody else's parents would always give me the ride home, mm-hmm. like, um, like. I didn't have my own money, so they would like other parents would cover my my share of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like they, it was all love, and like that's so great. And mm-hmm. and of course they did that, and they took care of me, and like all my friends' parents and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like there was a point, you know, where I for sure like noticed that. Yeah. And then you start to, um, you know, I have, like I I've been, kind of working through this w- with my counselor. I actually have, um, like. Like when I was younger, I started to like notice that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I started to notice that my, like, like essentially, I kind of started to pick up. Would these people be friends with me if they didn't know that I was like the poor kid? Like, if they're are the parents making them hang out with me? Right. Like, and you know, that's a very insecure, like, mm-hmm. scary place to put yourself yeah, in as yeah. a kid. But that's kind of how I started to form, and like, it it affects my relationship still to this day. Like, I gotta like remind myself like this motherfucker loves me and that's my homie man come on what are you thinking about like they're yeah. not they're not hanging out with you just because they have to what do you t- like right. look, at your, look around you know <laughs> but it's it's stuff that pops up you know that's that's what you convince yourself when you're yeah when you're younger did you have um did you have anything like like similar like that that you had to kind of look back on and like re reassess in that same thing when it comes to like the color of your skin um i don't know like you just kind of like came came to terms with it, I guess, as you got older. Yeah, I mean, really I mean, I, I dealt with racism growing up, but after a while, because back back then there was really like four, four or five of us, like that. The African American community has grown a lot now, mm-hmm. but when I was in elementary school, I I probably couldn't tell you if there was four or five. Right. So, it was a lot different. And it was, it was something I just came to terms with. Like, people are going to say what they're going to say. Like, is it worth my time to get in a fight every day? Right. Or, no, no. or do I just let it roll off? I'm a kid. What am I, what, what, right. what, what am I going to, what change am I going to make? You know? So do I let, do I let these kids break me down every day or do I just, let it go right. and that's and that's how it ended up being until now um i just had that mindset and that that reaction to it my whole life so it just kind of grew with me right um yeah i don't know like we the last time we talked we talked about giving things power yeah you, you give things power yeah right? and so people just want a reaction so there's no power in what they're saying until you give them that reaction. Like if you just ignore them and say like you feel better, like they're gonna feel type of way and they're gonna like feel weird and they're gonna shut the fuck up. Right. So that's what I always did. That's powerful. And I, I never, I never gave anyone power behind their words. I never gave them the reaction they were looking for. You didn't let them take your power. Because at the at the end of the day, they just they want to see your reaction. They want to see you hurt. But if you show them you ain't hurt because you don't give a fuck what they got to say then they're not getting what they want. Right. 
and eventually they stop saying it. Yeah, it's it's literally like you. I don't know. I guess in that situation, it just seems like it's like you're clearly the the one who's more intelligible about, like like someone could say all these things about you, and I just imagine you just like, all right, you just standing there like, <laughs> so what's up, like, and well, I I, I just used to be straight up. I said, yeah. do do you feel better now? Do you feel better? And they never have anything to say. Dude, that probably frustrates people. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> choking over their words. Because yeah. uh, who? How do you how do you respond to that? It's like yeah. the greatest rebuttal. Like I, I'm not interacting with your bullshit, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's dumb. And it's not. That's not even a, like a comeback I use for racist. That's any kind of bullshit I get. Like right. I just like anyone's just being an asshole and say, "Do you feel better?" Yeah. Okay. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. I I like that because I feel like it stops the. We can get so much momentum of like you're this and you're that, and we get you know social media is a good example yeah. of that, right? We're yeah. just always we're fighting these like super zoomed in arguments versus super zoomed in arguments of other people's opinion. But right. when you zoom out, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? You've, you're just yelling. Like, what are you, why yeah. are you yelling? Yeah. Those sort of things. Half the time, half the time people don't even know. <laughs> I know. But when you call them out or you, or you like say like, do you feel better? Yeah. It stops them in their tracks. Yeah. And they think about what, what they're actually doing. Right. They're yeah. like, maybe I don't actually care. Maybe I should chill. Yeah. That's wild, man. That's wild. Well, so, okay, so while we're right here, it's inevitable that what's going on in the world, this would lead right into... So I wanted to... We talked a little bit before this. Like, I feel like every time I stumble upon like just the, the craziness that's going around in the world right now with mm-hmm. race, um, I want to be clear. Like, I don't... I just feel like I don't really have like an important voice about this. Like mm-hmm. it's not really my place to say. Um, but I do like, I mean, you, you grew up in this town and you had to deal with, you know, some form of racism. Right. And, um, you know, I would hope that we've grown since then, but in, you know, in case we haven't, um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I, I wouldn't want you to like, be like, you need to represent, you right. need to represent yeah. all black people I'm, and tell I'm me one, what, but, one person, one voice. Right. I just, um, I guess, I guess what I want to say, Mac is like, um, is there a way that like me as your white friend, like, is there a way that we can have a conversation or do we need to have a conversation? Like, can we help out people in this area by like saying a certain thing? Like, is there things that like I'm arrogant about that I don't know about? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't want you to feel like you need to like represent or like have a, right. a huge say on it, but mm-hmm. I, I guess without saying what's your hot take on what's going on <laughs> yeah. right now, like what, what, what do you think, man? Like, right, like how can right. we help one another? Like get, cause th- this shit is crazy to me. Yeah. And yeah. I like, we need to, we need to figure out what to do next. Like mm-hmm. if there's issues, we got to solve them and we got to figure yeah. them out. We got to make them better a hundred percent. But I think that descending into madness isn't the way. So I just for wanna, sure, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing is just like holding yourself accountable, like being the best you can be personally. But then calling bullshit out when you see it. I feel like if everyone does that, then it, it weeds it weeds the bullshit out. Simple. Yeah, it's yeah. it's as simple as that. I mean, at the end of the day, you can only control what you can do. So as long as everyone just worries about themselves and their own morals and their own actions, right. and then when they do see shit, just call it out. Important. I I think that. There's been this weird, like, 
if you aren't with us, you're against us kind of, kind of vibe with a lot of, um, I don't know. I guess social media is just such a fuck. It's put such a shitty thing in our heads with, with so much of what's going on. Um, I feel like we're so, so even me, for example, like, like I know I have a podcast and I want to try to be like a positive person and try to, you know, like help people out and inspire people whatever way I can. So like when this started happening, I I was like, dude, I need to like, do I need to say something? Do I need to see if I can help people? Like, do I need to blah, blah. And then I, I was just like, what, why would I mm. like, I ain't got my voices shouldn't be heard right now. Like mm. that's not what's important. Um, but I, I think that a lot of us think that we need to like do so much. Like we need to fight this and we need to, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess emphasizing what you just said of like concentrating on what's in front of you, mm-hmm. like, like fix yourself, like mm-hmm. notice what you're saying, notice what you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, I think I was listening to, to Eric Weinstein, who's like a mathematician. He has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, he had his, his friend on and they were talking about like, he was kind of angry at the beginning of the podcast. He was basically like, we, we haven't had the conversation about race because like we, we, it's my friend. He comes over and we start talking about the shit that we mm-hmm. like. Like you don't really stop and think about it. Right. Um, but, but after he had said that, it's like, Oh, okay. Of course. Like I haven't ever had this like conversation in depth with, with Mikhail or, or my other friends who, who are black. Like, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, I hate how uncomfortable the conversation gets like, I hate how we feel like we need to have like this weird conversation, but it's because other people are putting words in our mouths. Like mm-hmm. when you have like just down to your level of like, this is your homie, bro. Mm-hmm. We love each other. Yeah. Like if there's something there that needs to be said, like what, like if I was uh, cracking inappropriate jokes that I thought was cool because we always grew up as homies and we were always cracking those jokes, mm-hmm. like I would want to be like, oh, okay, maybe that isn't right. Like maybe that is like kind of making him feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. He's laughing it off. Like those sort of things, we could check ourselves, yeah. but uh, you know, other than that, we can't we can't go charge against the whole world as you know one individual and right. try to think that we need to break right. everything. As long as long as you worry about yourself and your circle, mm-hmm. it'll it'll benefit everyone else's circle. I mean, that's that's the Jordan Peterson way, anyway, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, that, well, yeah, I mean, the, this whole world is just different different circles, different cliques. Mm-hmm. So if you work on yourself. That improves your circle and the people in it. And if they do the same, then, you know, people trickle into each other's circle. Ripples, man. Yeah. Ripples for sure. Well, um, I mean, I just, I wanted to make sure that we like talk about it. I'm just, I'm stating it and just, it feels weird for me. Cause again, like, it's just like, you're my homie. And it's, you're, you don't have a racist bone in your body. That's why it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You, well, you have, you have this, this, unwanted and un unneeded guilt that you don't deserve right because <laughs> right. you're you're not that person but you feel that way because people of your descent are showing those actions mm-hmm. so you feel guilty because of that and that's a weird fucking thing <laughs> that we're, that now social media <laughs> and the news like <clears throat> is forcing upon us and, and is able to like put in our heads so like i'm I sit here and I'm getting all confused. And I'm like, like, wait, do I need to check myself? Like, what the fuck? But it's the, the media, dude. It, it's it makes us crazy. Like it, it fucking. I think that it's important to be fighting oppression and, and fighting. Like you know, there's very real. Like there's 
just to point out, like there's very fucking, there is racist cops. There's racist white people. There's, there's still racism. It's there. Um, but I don't think that, I don't know. I feel like if you just look at your circle around you, like that's all you got to worry about, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, um, I don't know, man. It's awkward. It's weird. I, I hate how I hate how it's awkward, but I hope yeah. that like maybe just talking about it makes it less awkward next time or something. Yeah. But you're my homie. You're my homie. <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. What do you think is gonna happen with all like with the the craziness of the world? Like not not just the race stuff, but you know we got coronavirus. We've got uh, everything shut down. Like the economy's fucking weird. We've got mental health. We've mm-hmm. got like people losing their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. What, what, is, is the world descending into chaos? Are aliens going to be the next thing? They're just going to come break this up. The 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 craziest thing about all this is that like this is the craziest of the world. Like if you really think about it, this world is going bonkers. Uh-huh. And keeping that in mind, like. Everyone's like chilling. Like no one's no one's truly freaking out. Cause our our generation's been through so much in our lifetime, like it's like it is what it is. But if you think about it, like everyone like in theory, everyone should probably be freaking out because this world's going to right. it's literally going up in flames. Yeah, all signs are pointing to weirdness. Yeah, but everyone's chilling. Like that's just our society now. Like we're we're we see so much negativity on social media and so much like graphic shit every day. Like, so we're like, this doesn't phase us. I feel like but it's it probably dangerous though. <laughs> That's like, what yeah, I mean. Like, I feel like, fuck man. Like, should we be paying way more attention than we are? Right. I mean, we have been like, yeah, yeah. We, we have been like so numbed to the madness of the world. You know, we see, if you look at if, if if you look at like what the what the news tells us, you know, we, it's, I, I like to you know social media and news media is very different than when it first started out. Like, uh, I mean, so, social media, I guess maybe not, but like if you think about back in the day when they first had TVs and like our great grandparents or, or grandparents even were watching TV and shit, it was like what you watch is the truth. Like this is what your like the leader of your country is gonna you know if, if he comes on the news and he has something to say that's what you listen to and that's the truth but now it's like there's we we realize years and years later we realize that social media and the news media it's just corporations man they're just trying to get you to stay on their site they're just trying to like get the clicks get the time on their site um and by doing that they're fucking they're gonna they're gonna crank up your amygdala man they're gonna mm-hmm. get you angry they're gonna get you fearful if it's all just love and chill and it's just pictures of of sunsets on social media like they don't get as many people on their platform mm-hmm. and so it's like this battle for everybody's attention but i think that we've like we've maximized that in so many ways and like you know now we have ai algorithms that are like feeding us exactly what we want to know it's feeding us like if you kind of believe this it's going to suggest you some other stuff that will really make you believe that because that's going to keep you on their platform longer. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I think I listened to this thing uh, from Sam Harris uh, and he basically had like a two hour long, basically kind of pointing out like a lot of the statistics of just the craziness that's going on and essentially pointing out that 
like we're kind of we kind of are like losing our minds in in a strange sense um you know and i think it's because of like social media and the news and i don't think we're i don't think a lot of us are aware of how much this affects us and how mm-hmm. much we're constantly thinking about stuff that's not actually like in our lives around us yeah. in the in physical reality right right fucking here <laughs> and man i i hope i find myself um like just with talking about all these things i find myself almost getting like mad man like like actual anger of like what the fuck man like what what i think about young kids right now growing up like jesus man these poor hopeless kids probably because you know all their leaders all of the people in charge like it's just a known thing everybody's corrupt that's just how we do it like kids tune into tv and they watch their president which you know the president has always been someone we're supposed to be inspired by and and want to like actionalize we want to like look up to the person the leader you know and there's not that like you pretty much know that everybody who's taking care of you doesn't really care for your best interest now it'd be hard to be hopeful as a young kid right now man it it kind of just makes me mad i i and who i'm mad at is like the the news media and like whoever the fucking puppeteer is that's controlling whatever the hell's going on right now like it's just bullshit man it's it's crazy it's crazy we're turning i feel like There's the the mental health stuff's just continuing to grow. Yeah. It's gonna it's, it's gonna continue to get worse. I mean, but the GDP is rising, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you understand? <laughs> it's the best it's ever been. I I'm I am not a parent, obviously, but I feel like it's more it's more difficult. And I said this in an interview a couple months ago, um, TDN. They interviewed a couple counselors, um, but I feel like today is harder. To raise a child than it was in the 80s or 70s because back then you know there's a couple tv channels you know so like your your influence was slim like your influence was whatever those three those three channels were mm-hmm. so like everyone's watching the brady bunch so okay all these kids growing up okay this is how you act so the the morals were more controlled, the the influence is more controlled, and nowadays kids can get influence from millions millions of different outlets, mm-hmm. negative or positive, and parents don't really have control of what those influences are, unless you literally just take away all social media. But I mean that's going to cause problems in its own because. Right. They're left out and they don't fit in because they don't have a cell phone and every one of their friends do. How many kids didn't have social media when you like when you were teaching them? Was it is it pretty much all, all kids in high school have social media? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, no, ninety-eight percent. Right. Man, it is super weird to think that like there's people who like rich businessmen who are just doing the money thing really well. They're the ones who are influencing your kids more than you. Like that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, but I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, here's the thing: is like, I have my own addictions toward social media. If I had a, if I had a kid, I would, you know, maybe I'm, I'm sitting there on right next to him on the couch on my own social media. Absolutely. You know, I think that we, um, I posted this thing yesterday that was mostly nonsensical, but what I was basically saying is like, technology. You know, we've always grown like 
So humans, like, okay, think of humans, like, right after apes, man. Like, we started using, we started using tools. Like, whatever your belief is, how this happened, we started using tools, and then we started communicating with each other. Um, started just, you know, civilization is able to grow because of our ability to use these tools. But every time we learn about a new tool, we get like a let's call it a psychotechnology, mm-hmm. which is just like the human's brain, the human brain's ability to to operate that tool and remember what it does mm-hmm. and then build upon that. So like we made the wheel for pottery. Um, I mean, I don't know how many years it was in between, but eventually it's like, Oh, flip that up. Mm-hmm. And it's a wheel, mm-hmm. you know, and you could do a lot, a lot with that. You can start, um, I don't know how the hell it went, but it, you know, eventually years and years, you can get a car out yeah. of the wheel yeah. and we get psychotechnologies along the way. We get the ability to understand these things mm-hmm. more and more. Um, and it's just inevitable. Like, yeah, yeah. so now think about, Human beings, when the wheel first came around, like a newborn baby, like the amount of information they would have to know, let's say, is ages zero through five. Like you pretty much just got to learn how to survive and, you know, work that wheel mm-hmm. or, or whatever the technology is at that time. But now it's like kids are, are smart. Like they know, they know so much information of psych, psychotechnology, mm-hmm. so much in so many ways to use different kinds of tools and different technologies um, and I, I think that if we look at, you know, the human consciousness, it's inevitable. It's no doubt that we're like changing and adapting and, you know, e- evolution. That's how it works. Right. I just think that w- w- what I was pointing out in the post is kind of that we don't really realize how much we're changing, like with the technology until it's like a few years afterwards and like you can look back and like oh wow that changed our culture a lot Mm -hmm. like you you know there was probably 10 15 20 30 years of like when cars were first starting to come out and start to actually like to where you know people were starting to see them where the people would realize like oh our life is way different like before the cars i would have been just working on the farm all day and i never would have um been able to drive to this next town or Mm -hmm. whatever we start just expanding and society connects Mm -hmm. um i think that for me, someone who, you know, my age, you were you were one year under me, but my age, I always say we we're riding the wave of technology of, of social media. Like oh, it we, was we, just we enough. We definitely grew with it. Yeah, yeah it, it was just enough to be just cool as shit. We were right at the nice edge, and there wasn't a ton. I don't think there was like a crazy amount of like competition, so it wasn't like, you know, it's like you get what what the popular thing is like now you're gonna get an iphone back for us it was the razor man like Mm -hmm. you got the razor. it's like oh (laughs) shit like and you don't think about the bad repercussions of the razor you're just like bro my shit is slim as all hell look at this phone i can just put it in whatever pocket i want click yeah (laughs) (laughs) goodbye and you hang it up i kind of miss being able to just do it miss my pink razor I feel like how many people? So many people had a pink razor. I don't, I don't know. know. That was a thing. That was OG with my pink <laughs> shoelaces. But I, I guess what I'm saying is like, we, me looking back in retrospect, like I loved social media. I loved all the crazy cool shit that like technology and all that you know, MySpace, MSN Messenger. It was so cool. But like we don't really think of like oh, I wonder how that like changed my consciousness. I wonder how that changed my personality. How that changed what I do every day. How it changed my habits. How it changed my um, interactions with other people. And I, I can look back now and say it 100 percent did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I lost a lot of like my social interactive ability just because like when I was working at warehouse for five years, I would literally be on my phone for like 10 hours mm-hmm. just 
you know, if the machine's running good, if, you, if you're doing everything right, you're fucking just yeah. side side glancing at your phone. I think that it like hurt my ability to have like eye contact and great communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just, I just wonder if we're, we've changed so much. Our psychotechnology has changed so much that we're like almost able to not really see that we're like losing our minds. Like we have changed so much along with it that we haven't been able to stop and be like, are we going in the right direction? Are we like, why are we changing with this? Why is it that we want these things? Like, why do we have social media? Does Mm -hmm. it benefit our life? Do we just have it because everybody has it? Do we, what do we think about it? Do we think that, you know, we we were talking about how we have to be a chameleon all the time Mm -hmm. and we have to change who we are like in certain, certain aspects. A social media is kind of this weird thing that, that makes the societal part of our brains or the, 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 you know, the self that we identify with, we're always reconnecting. Like we're, Oh, we know we're this, we're reconnecting to that one thing. And like, what if that ain't really you? Like what if when you were 16, you made your social media and you're like, I'm the fucking cat guy. I love cats. And you're (laughs) the underscore cat underscore guy. And then like, you know, when you're 20, you're like, I don't fucking care about cats, but like, this is, this is my whole personality now. I've just made it. I'm just coming back to it. I don't know, man. I I think that I just want to point out that, we need to be aware of how these things are changing us and um, just take a look at it, man. I think it's making us lose our fucking minds. Yeah, it might certainly might be. It's it's crazy to think about like where this all goes. Yeah. Because if you think 10 years ago, shit, five years ago, we're all thinking there's no way anything's getting crazier than this. There's no way they're going to make a better iPhone than this. There's no way they're going to make a better TV than this. Like, this is it for technology. Right. And every single year, it just continues. So it's like, where does this go? Well, and think about how recycled we are, too. We, You look at an old TV. If you look at a TV that came out six years ago, you're like, that's like the picture isn't very good. Yeah, it's so played out. Like, our, our <laughs> brains are like, our psychotechnology yeah. is literally getting better, where it's like, 4K is a good TV. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't put that big old tube TV in front of me. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Exactly. And it's and it's funny because like the the best comparison is like watching like a old sports game mm-hmm. from like the nineties, and it's like, damn, like we really used to think like this was like picture perfect, like we used to think that this quality was like because it was the best at the time, right. like that was the best we've ever seen. And then you go back and it's like, how did we even watch that? Like, I can't even see the TV. Well, even at the beginning, we didn't even care that it was shitty. It was just like, you could watch that and you're not there. Well, and because we didn't know it was shitty. Mm, Right. Dude, it's like the more knowledge we get, it's almost like it inevitably comes with the bad. You know, it always comes with the bad. Yeah. It's, it's, It's crazy to think where technology will go. What are we working on? Because you know, you know, it's going to keep growing. Dude, I history has proved that. So well, and it grows at a um, Moore's law. It, it grows at a rate where it just keeps like doubling, and it's it's faster and faster. And the, I mean, uh, have you have you heard of Neuralink, um, Elon Musk's, like a like the chip that goes in your brain? No. So uh, sounds like something I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so it's crazy. I heard so. about uh, Bill Gates trying to do something like that. Oh yeah, see with his five G towers, yeah, yeah. he's causing the coronavirus. <laughs> That's all that uh, conspiracy theory shit. Well, so so the thing with um, the thing with Neuralink and Elon Musk. So he was uh, like less than a month ago or so. He was on Joe Rogan again, and he basically announced or like 
kind of told Joe like where they're at with Neuralink. And Neuralink is going to be a microchip that will go into your brain. And it's uh, it's like obviously it's not forced. Like not everybody has to do it. But they peel back a part of your skull and they it's essentially like it's like uncorking like a little part of your actual skull itself. And then they put the chip in there and then, and then it just smooths back over. So it'll be like a flush thing. And what it's able to do, man, it reminds me of like Neo and the fucking matrix. It, uh, it essentially, he literally said it's within a year. It'll be like in the first human for sure. And they're there. You're literally able to repair neural pathways in a sense of like, if you're blind, it'll make you see again. If you're paraplegic if, if you can't control your legs it will reform the connections that you need and start rebuilding and you could fucking use your legs again so he's gonna start building superhumans superhumans dude and, and he said in the the weird thing is it said you'll actually be better than you were in, in a sense like after like it's not like an immediate like you can all of a sudden just like walk on the walls or anything but um it repairs the thing that can repair the things so like your eyesight, if you had deterioration of eyesight, like it rebuilds your cornea and stuff, like your eyesight would be better than it was before. That's crazy. And that's, dude, he was saying that within a year, it's going to be in the first human. It's just wild. That's crazy. I, I think that we're, uh, I mean, I don't know. We're, Elon calls us organic bootloaders for AI. And it just kind of creeps me out, but <laughs> oh no. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a trip. Technology has taken us for a rip. I, I'm glad that I love technology and I think it's all fascinating. I love like learning about it. I mean, now music wise, you're able to, there's people who uh, like plug uh, uh, like a transmitter into like leaves and plants and we're able to like play the sound that that plant makes through speakers now because like, plants make an individual, like mm -hmm. they, they emit a frequency. Yeah. What the fuck? We're it's crazy. <laughs> it's so sick. I'm excited for it, but I, I think it's important to take a look and like realize where we're at, right? Like yeah. instead of just being on social media, like make sure you ask yourself, like, wait, hold up, why am I on here? Like, what am I gaining from this? What is this giving me? You know, where nothing, <laughs> nothing. I it's, I, I feel like it's more of like a job to me now. Like I I don't I'm not on it nearly as much, and I don't like it. I actually wish that I didn't have it. But I feel the need to like. I, I think we all do it. deep down, right? I don't. I don't think any of us truly want it. But we're just so addicted to it. Yeah, we're just slaves to it. It's just like I don't know. That's just my perspective. I don't know that because I don't. I'm not. I don't think for other people, but that's my perspective. Yeah, I think that if you told me that five years ago, I'd be like, bro. I love like I would just explain to you this in-depth thing of like why social media is good for me. Greatest thing since sliced bread. Then I don't realize that I'm like, as people are trying to talk to me, I'm like, oh yeah, uh huh, and I'm glancing at my phone. Right. Like what the heck, man? Like be present and get here. Mm -hmm. it's, it takes away a lot from us. It teaches us a crazy ton, but we just gotta notice it. We gotta realize that it's changing us. For sure. Maybe AI yeah, is gonna sprout up out of the ground <laughs> maybe that's the aliens oh man did we didn't you say we talked about aliens last time yeah we did i'm trying to lead us into it again <laughs> i don't remember what we we're saying i'm trying to sound like a, like just sound like a couple of madmen predicting the future <laughs> with aliens <laughs> yeah man it it's it's hard to say it ain't coming i'll tell you that i mean the cia didn't they like submit documents that like said like yeah we saw it or they yeah 
they don't dispute it rather at at this point in life i am not doubting anything i'm i'm convinced that um whoever needs to will hide anything hmm. so if it's out there they're hiding it right then i'm no longer doubting that probably been out there for a long time too facts there's a reason you can't go anywhere near Area 51. Yeah, dude, we were talking about that. <laughs> Th- think about all the weird things that happen, and then we kind of forget about them. Like mm-hmm. Area 51, like, like w- it was pretty much this like couple months of on social media anyway, and Reddit and whatever of like they're trying to get yo, militias together and rush it, right, bro? <laughs> well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like at first, it was like, hey, this is real, and there's a lot of like uncovered, and there's like people on podcasts, and there's people who are like coming out and saying like, hey, I I worked on this ship and blah blah blah. And then we're at this point as a society where we're like, that's not real, is it? And then all of a sudden, there's so many people who are like, dude, that must be real. Let's charge this place. So it it went, it turned into like almost a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But then it kind of trickled out, and now we're not really talking about it. Kind of like j- just like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, yeah. just like. Well, and it's it's crazy because the, the those people are literally told they would be shot down if they came anywhere near it. So it's like, what are they? What are you hiding? Right. What are they hiding? But that's the thing is like, is it? is us knowing as just like whatever civilians with our level of intelligence, like, is that really more important than like, like they might be actually doing us a favor by not showing us this crazy shit. Right. Right. Maybe we're slowly working up to where our brains could even fucking understand it. Like if you show us a 4k TV back in 1964, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Facts. They, they know we're not ready for that. Yeah. Whatever's down there. Damn. They know we ain't ready to see it. Probably just lizard people, bro. There's lizard people running the government. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theories that like, uh, it's funny nowadays. There's more, you know, things that would have been conspiracy or labeled conspiracy even ten years ago are now like there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of people like actually having conversations about them. Um, I think it's conspiracy. The the name was like apparently even after JFK was killed, um, like that whole fishy scenario, they basically like anybody who was saying that it was, um, or trying to point it out or trying to uncover whatever the government or the FBI or whatever, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but they said, um, they're the ones who started, they actually inserted the word conspiracy theory. Like they started bringing that to the public and that is kind of a way to like anybody who tries to whistleblow or tries to call us out. We just call conspiracy. them a crazy ass. Yeah. They're conspiracy theorists. You're, you're they're crazy. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a lot of people like even conspiracy theories now who like uh there's like uh wait I don't even know if I want to say his name because they're like taking down his YouTube shit there's a well I will David Ike um I don't I don't follow him but he's essentially he's one of the guys who's saying that like five coronavirus is caused by 5G mm-hmm. like I don't know fucking about that that just seems like way too much madness but um like there he's been saying like his whole life has been writing books about like this shit like his whole life he's been an author of like being mm-hmm. the conspiracy theorist guy and it's so easy to write him off and call him a crazy ass but if you look at some of the things that he says like mixed in throughout that it's like it has predicted and it has been true and it has like whatever it kind of makes you think you know mm-hmm. who's the one who's choosing to write them off as a conspiracy theorist right we just anticipate the government or whatever being truthful to us but mm-hmm. it's fucking wild it's wild Life is wild. 
Life is wild. I think life is about to get way more wild too for high <laughs> fucking civilization, not, bro. Not doubt it, dude. Well, I mean, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to Mars for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just wondering if we're, you know, because our technology is getting good enough to where like just dudes with enough money are gonna start building more ships. Um and, and they're able to like that we're gonna start getting to places where who owns space and whoever gets to the, let's say dark side of the moon first, they're able to mine it and they're able to take those elements and like all the, all the shit that we don't know that's on the dark side of the moon. Like maybe there's uh, uh, an element there that's like, would be great for fuel and we just haven't figured out how to use it yet. Mm -hmm. But like whoever has the most money on the world right now is the one who gets to do it. It's going to start a world war. Yeah. And it's going to, the wealth gap is going to be real big. What if there's going to be, maybe we're going to have like an Elysium sort of situation. You ever seen that movie? It's like a a city in the sky. Yeah. 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 I think I've saw TV shows like that. I don't know if that particular one. It was like Matt Damon or something. I saw the 100. Dude, that's a tight show. I actually like that. It's dope show. That makes me think though. Did you, did you watch like all seasons of it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the last season. I don't know it if got I got a little weird. I don't know if I watched the last season, but I did watch like when they got to where there's like the mountain people. Mm-hmm. That that did make me think of like because uh, there's been also like conspiracies or myths or whatever of like there's a civilization towards the core of Earth or something, and that's some woo woo shit. I'm not yeah. saying I believe in it, but <laughs> it does make you think like I don't know, man. What if like you know we just think our way of of living in our way of civilization is like the only way. And mm-hmm. we think of like, Oh, Egyptians and, and all like oh, all these old civilizations as like just cranks. Like they're the conspiracy theories. They're the weirdos, but like they could be as smarter than us. In a lot of ways they could know levels of technology that we never explored. Cause we just assumed that, that the whole area was just, man, that's a weirdo. We're not even going to fall down. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting to think. <laughs> yeah. 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 How we feeling? How you doing on time? I'm good. One twenty-three. Ain't bad. Yeah. All right, bro. What's your plan for uh, summer? <clears throat> Life's changing for you. What, yeah. What's your What's your projections right now? Like, what's summer and, and afterwards? Like, what, where's your head at? What are you thinking? I don't know. I just made a big life decision and. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, I don't think people should be afraid of change. I feel like change can be a good thing. Yeah. And a positive thing. Um, so that's where I'm at, man. Just, just going to ride it out, see what happens, and enjoy it. You're so easy going, man. <laughs> you got to be. You are. You got to be. Do you equate it to your to your mom? Like, I know you, you and your mom have a good relationship. Yeah. Is she is she like that too? Like I no, mean, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be the first to tell you. Nah, not at all. Um, I don't know why I'm so chill, man. I really don't. I think I don't know. I feel like part part of me feels like I was forced to just be a chill dude, just given my environment growing up. But part of me just doesn't know. Like I've I've just always been super chill. Yeah, laid back. And a lot of people take it as that I don't care, but I'm really just chilling, yeah. <laughs> like sincerely chilling. Yeah, I'm 100% fine. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, and that's and that's what I was saying earlier. Like I'm, I feel like I'm so misunderstood. 
always have felt that way. <clears throat> um, I, I don't know how to say it though. Do you think out like race not being involved at all? Like, do you feel like you just felt? Because <clears throat> me, like, I feel like the way that I perceived the world was different. Like the way that, like, I would I would have different conversations than other people were having, or I would have I would point out things that. Um, like other people weren't talking about or something. And like a lot of like the, for me, I felt different because I could tell after a while that like I perceived the world differently than a lot of people. Um, and I'm sure everybody feels that way in mm-hmm. certain senses. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. For, for me, where was I going with that? Talking about how we perceive the world. Um, just thinking differently, being chill. I was asking about your mom's influence. Oh, for for me, I I, just, I feel like I was so misunderstood because my whole childhood, I was I was like a freak athlete growing up, and I hated it. I hated it so much because everyone everyone assumed I was cocky and arrogant because that comes with being good at what you're doing. And that that was so not me. Mm-hmm. I hated the spotlight. I hated it because I because I knew people would assume I was cocky yeah. and was arrogant. And that just like when I was twelve, I used to hit home runs and like get pissed right after. Like I was around on the bases and I wouldn't smile. I'd go in the dugout, I wouldn't smile. My teammates would get pissed because I'm not smiling. And it was like I wasn't putting on an act. Like I was like I didn't want it. Like obviously I'm gonna do my best, but every time I did, I was just like pissed off because I was like, "Well, people are gonna assume I'm cocky again." And so, so many people thought that way of me, like all the way through high school. And I never just, thought you were cocky, but I knew. Yeah, you. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of people did, and it was, it was unfortunate because this, it, it wasn't me. Like, people saw, like I feel like a lot of people only saw me in that light. Like I was an athlete, I was always smiling, had friends. Right. Like they didn't see the dark side. They didn't see the side of me that grew up with a single mom. A lot of times didn't have power. Yeah. Felt alone a lot. Ra- of ways. Raised my sister for the most part. You know, single mom. She works a lot. Right. Um. I was held at gunpoint at ten years old oh, with wow. a shotgun. Um, are you, you, you are you willing to talk about that, or is that? Yeah, I mean, it was just it was one of my mom's exes, and he broke into the house one night. Damn, man! Held held my sister and my mom gunpoint in her room. That's crazy. So I don't till this day I don't know how, but I was sleeping on the couch in the living room, living room, and he jumped through the window right next to it, and I was I slept through it all, and somehow. They got out of the room because he probably like froze up. He was like probably like like rethinking his strat. Senses come too. Yeah, so they right? got out, and then I woke up. I wake up to this dude, six four. Wake up to him. I'm ten years old. I wake up to him standing like right in front of me on the other side of the couch, and he goes, "Don't worry, I'm not here for you." He was going for my mom and sister. Did you, do you see the gun? You saw it. Yeah, he was holding it. Twelve gauge. God damn. And then, um, so 
he gets arrested. And, well, before he, because he ran, so before he ran, he said, I'll be back for you guys. Oh, that's fucked. And so he, so he, he gets arrested, right? And does seven years. So seven years go by. I'm 17. I'm a junior in high school. He gets out. He comes back to town. My mom and sister flee to Tacoma for two weeks. I stayed at my best friend's house for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to school. And he got arrested because he came back to town. God damn. Went back to prison. So it's like I was dealing with all that, but no one knew because I don't want anyone to know. Right. I wanted to be normal. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then... It's like some, something so big in your life that's like, you know, you, you could probably use to talk about it and work, work through, but we feel like we don't have access to that. Right. That age. And then um, when I was 15, I lost my, my grandfather. And he, he was my father figure. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a dad growing up. And so that's really that's really when life changed for me. Because I, I was such a prude, such an innocent for the most part. Actually, I'll take that back. It wasn't, it's not true. I had my phase in middle school, but I, I really cleaned it up until like my sophomore year because yeah. I got in high school and I wanted to start taking things serious. I was getting pretty good at sports. I didn't want to mess up college. But then once he passed away, like my, that father figure was gone. And then I started dabbling again, doing whatever. Didn't really care about much other than just playing sports. My academics dropped, all that, all that. <clears throat> but ended up working out. I'm here. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I got I got to college at Central. Um, had no money. So I I, I got to Central late. Like I enrolled late, and there's so few jobs over there. Like if you're not there in the summer, like you're not getting right. a job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I go there. Cause like it was my last year, I wasn't gonna go back. I was like, screw it, I'm gonna start working. Like I can't do this another year. I hated the weather there, couldn't stand it. But I decided to go back and finish. And I went late, so a job was out of the picture. So I had no money. So instead of getting an apartment that I couldn't afford, you sleep in your car. I would drive, I would commute every Monday morning. I would leave from Kelso, drive to Ellensburg, sleep in my car Monday night, Tuesday night, drive back home Wednesday afternoon after class, skip Thursday and Friday class. And you made it through that like that? Yeah. Just kept doing that? It was a bitch. Do you feel like that's like a... It's that you think it's that same thing like we're talking about like you you wait you say oh I got a ride coming and you wait till they leave and then you start walking that same thing like is it oh hundred percent uh, oh thousand just, thousand percent because no no one even knew what I was doing I because I I had people I could have stayed with but I didn't want to be that person sleeping on the couch yeah I had done that before I didn't want to be a burden dude why do we do that to ourselves. <laughs> Because like your homies would be happy to have, I mean, but, but I get it though. Like I, I've been like, you know, family growing up and families are like, you're not spending Christmas alone. You're, you're going to our house. And it's like, you know, once they finally convince you to, or they, whatever, like you're at their house and it is great, but there's also like, 
Mm-hmm. Like it's it's uncomfortable. It's hard to. Yeah. No, but I I am thankful though because, um, two of my friends, Allison Dillay and Danny Eagleson, they they knew what was going on after a while, and they took me in a few nights here and there. But right. I I refused to stay there every night. And I was like, I'm not gonna live on your couch rent free. Like, right. I'll accept it like a couple times a week, but I'm just gonna sleep in my car and do my thing. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's sad on one level, like just, you know, inevitably like, oh, you know, it, it just bums me out to think about you sleeping in your car, really. But it, it's also like, I feel like you probably derive a lot of strength from that sort of thing, like being able 100%. to, like, you know, you, you, and you, you could fall back on yourself for sure. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I got me. I know I'm going to yeah. be okay. I, after the first two weeks, like the second week I was there, I went to sleep and woke up with like, five six inches of snow covering my car cold it was cold but after after that it was more of a pride thing it was like i'm gonna prove to myself that i'll i'll really fucking drive here i'll commute here every week sleep in my car sit in the rec center from six in the morning till 11 p.m till it closes and go back to my car watch a movie on my laptop and go to bed and do my shit it was more of a just, I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to prove to myself that life's not that hard. Right. Like, this sounds terrible, but, like, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm under, at the end of the day, I have cover over my head. Like, right. I, like I'm in a car. Yeah, dude, you may Like, I could, I could be on the street without cover. So, yeah. why would I bitch about this when someone doesn't have a car to sleep in? That's and that's, that's just the kind of mindset I had to get through it. And then you're able to, you know, teach kids and, and those same kids who are going through, you know, younger but similar right. situations at home who like they, you know, they don't want to talk to their friends about it. Right. Like they don't want to, they don't that, want everybody to know. Yeah. That, and you can connect with them. That's, that's like my biggest thing in life. Like just knowing no matter how, how hard shit gets, like it always works out. And it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Like we always get in the, put in these situations like, how do I recover from this? Like, how am I going to get over this? And it, you always, Stop. you always do. Yeah. Like look at your life right now. Like however old you are right now, yeah. listening, Think of, you, you figure it out every time. Yeah. But like, think back in your life and how many times you're like, how am I going to do this? Like, think about how many times in your life, like you literally thought you could not do something or you could not make it through something, mm-hmm. but you do every time. It's just those hours or those days in between where, like, for whatever reason, like, you have no hope. But it always works out. Right. And we don't know how or why, but it does. So it's funny to, like, think that, think about how much, like, how much pressure we put on ourselves thinking that it's not going to get done. Right. But we know it's going to get done. Like, we're always going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, Every paper I wrote in college, I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do this?" Like, I'm a procrastinator. I knew I was gonna wait till three hours before I was due and write a five to ten page paper. I did that like almost every paper I wrote, because I just, if I knew I had ten hours, to me that meant I have another seven hours where I have to start it. Yeah. Because then I'll have three hours to do it. That's how I do a ton of people work like that, actually. And it's, not, and it's you know. nuts. Like, you have to have 
you have to have, you have to have some kind of pressure on you to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like if I have two days to do it, why would I do it when I have two days? I mean, maybe you just knew yourself like in in, in another level. I mean, like what if if you had a, an apartment this whole time? Like maybe you wouldn't be as as driven, you know, yeah. to to go to class. Like maybe you would, but mm-hmm. maybe you kind of just like recognized who you are and you know, like I need this to to get this done. And I'm gonna do it this way. Right. I think is. I don't know. I don't know, man. I really don't. There's nothing like is it, there's nothing in your life that you're like, man, this is like a defining moment where I was like, this is I'm gonna be chill. I'm gonna look at it optimistically. Like this person taught me that it's just how you are. I think life circumstance. I think it was just a buildup of everything I went through in my childhood. Yeah. Like, not only did I see my family at gunpoint, like I witnessed my grandfather get shot up too. Not killed, but like his, he was in the house and he was getting shot up. And I was like eight. Damn, man. So that shit was... Do, do you remember like under, understanding it back then at all? Yeah, or was it like yeah. later? It's it's crazy. And the crazy... The, I don't know why, but the craziest thing, like my grandma still has the same blinds. Like there's still holes in them. Whoa, that's weird. But they're like 22 holes, so that they're like not like crazy noticeable. But how many times have you like looked at those or zoomed every out, time I'm there, or corner every time I'm there? That's wild. You think it's a, you think it's a like a bad thing? Like, do you think like you'd be no, better off if they were placed, or is it like I don't? I don't even know if she like notices. Right. I think she just like she's so like. She's so far removed from that right. that she doesn't even like think about it, or maybe she does it on purpose and she just wants that reminder. Yeah, like that's yeah. like uh, like that's her way of like having a part of them there because they got through it together. Did you, when you were younger, did you feel? For me, when I was younger, I felt like. I understood the adults more than I understood the people around me, but also there was a sense of, I couldn't understand why they're lying to me about certain things. Like, so for example, like, uh, I don't really remember the situation at all. I was, I was way young. I was under 10 years old, but uh, my grandma passed away, um, at our house. And I remember what they were doing is they essentially like, you know, family starts coming over and, and, you know, I'm sure like the police were there or whatever afterwards. Um, but, I remember like being upstairs and there was like one of my cousins or something that was trying to like distract me and not get me to go downstairs and trying to just like, um, essentially I knew exactly what was going on. I'm like, grandma died. It's going on downstairs. I can hear the adults crying. Mm-hmm. Why are you lying to me and trying to distract me? Like I didn't like that. I was like being treated like a kid, although I was a kid. Right. Um, but to me, like and it's, it's a good example of like how I thought as a kid, like I felt like, I understood what was always going on. Mm-hmm. I just was always, the thing that I was confused about was why the adults around me were lying about it to try to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. So like they were doing great. Like they're like, of course you shouldn't just like let your, you know, what seven year old kid just hang out next to dead grandma and right. like fill out the police report too. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But, um, I remember feeling like I felt like less trustful of the people around me because I'm like, why are you lying to me? Like right. I, it was a weird thing. Like where a lot of kids I think would be better off 
mm-hmm. like just having that illusion, whatever. But I always saw through the illusion. And I just didn't like that I wasn't being told about it. Right. I don't know. Did you ever feel like you kind of knew what was going on? In I the, always knew what was going on. Yeah. I mean, of course you did. Like dealing I, with that shit at such a young I, age. I was. I always understood adults more than my peers. And I think it's because I had to grow up so fast at a young age. Yeah. Like I always, like I just always understood adults. Like their mindset was my mindset. Right. Like I had an adult mindset rather than kids my age. See, And I was always, and that's like all the way up until high school, like I always hung out with kids older than me. Yeah. Do you think that like your homies who were like around the similar age as you, like do you think they were probably you know, drawn to you in, in, in those ways because of that? Like, uh, like y- you understand people generally in such a, like, you know, a lot of times when we're young, we're just focused on ourselves. Like we're just wanting, we're just young, you mm-hmm. know, but when you can see the people around you, like it, that everybody has needs and that everybody has like an individual perception mm-hmm. of these things, you can like be more comfortable with, um, the people around it. it's it's like like who who wouldn't want to have someone who is like reasonable and understands the situation and cares mm-hmm. for everybody on an individual level like who would right. want to have that person around right. so it probably like drew you into relationships yeah. too I'm sure for for me and I think this is why I ultimately ended up becoming a counselor like growing up I was always everyone's outlet because I could always identify everyone's pain. Like I always saw through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought, I always saw through the, the the facade, and I would always check in. Like I would say, like I know you're struggling. Like what's up? Like I know you're acting like you're not, but I put on that same facade. Yeah, I know a bullshitter. That's when I say a bullshitter, that's how like, I am. Like how how you doing for real? Yeah. And I was always like that, even as a kid. Yeah. That's a valuable that's a valuable place to be. That's a valuable friend to have around for sure. Do you see that um in in your counseling job, do you see that in kids? Like do you see like oh this is this is the this is the counselor. It's this 15-year-old kid is it or is it different? It's different. It's I different. mean, it's it's funny cuz It's funny cuz I'll see kids and I'll see younger versions of people in my life. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it's a fucking, it's funny. Yeah, that's got to be a trip. Like, not saying this happened, but I'll see a kid and I'll be like, damn, that's Jake. <laughs> that's that's 14-year-old Jake right there. Yeah. He's just wearing the tightest pants you ever seen. <laughs> His hair is pink. He's got eyeliner on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black nail polish. Yeah. Wearing some Etnies. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Whatever lasts through the skateboarding. Yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> It's so funny how many like phases I've went through. We all went through. Oh man, growing you, up, especially me. Yeah, I mean, because even I, even I went through the etnies and skater phase. It's like mm-hmm. it's so many different. It's hilarious. For me, I feel like my my phases were. I mean, even when I was like way younger, I really always liked like bright colors. Um, I liked. I think that I was drawn to like the being the rebel. Like I didn't so much as want to be um, 
Hmm, how do I phrase it? I wasn't trying to be different. Like I was already inherently different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really felt like I, I just generally did like, I just happened to like the more like exuberant shit. Like I always liked, like I, I would see, so skateboarder, I would see my favorite skateboarder wearing something that was like, whoa, that's so, he's wearing like a button up leopard print shirt and he's just shredding. shredding. That is savage. Yeah. And so I would be like, I, I don't know. I, Cause I never had anybody in my life to like say no, or like, you're not supposed to do that. Or like, that's a ridiculous shirt. I don't know. I just, right. so I would just be like, of course I want you had that, that freedom. I'm getting that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's so interesting to see how we change over the years, mm-hmm. man. Like we, we do and we don't change. And it's, it's a thing of beauty to realize that the human being is such a dance, man. We're not all, we're not going to get there. We're not going to get to a final form. No. We're like, we're who we are throughout all these things. And we, and we change and we learn and we, when we get more information and we mm-hmm. get, we get better and sometimes we get worse. Yeah. That's a, that's a fucking thing of beauty. Life is chameleons, it? man. Chameleons. Chameleons. Millionaire. Yeah, I I think that for me, because I was kind of the counselor too, um, I was having, uh, after my podcast with, I think it was Taya Sanders, and then same with Mac T, we were talking about, they brought up um, like how natural this situation is, like the podcast and like just me, you know, trying to help people with mental health in mm-hmm. you know, whatever dorky way I can. Um, like, they'd be like, Oh, of course you're doing this. And I'm like, what? Like what? I like, I didn't plan on doing this. I'm not trying to like do this. I'm just what I feel that I should be doing right now. And they would talk about like, they'd bring up like me and Mac T back in high school, dude, we would just write notes together. I loved writing. Mm-hmm. Like, so we would just write like the longest notes, just pages and pages go back and forth. And we'd talk about like real shit, yeah. be, like counselor to her. And then mm-hmm. same with, same with Taya way back in the day. Like she was a couple years younger than us. And so she would come <clears> up to me for advice, like talk mm-hmm. to me for advice and all those long text talks and, look back like oh yeah i guess you know as far as if you had to choose who is the one counselor for the friend group i guess i kind of was that Mm -hmm. like um but it's in that same way it's it's an ability like because you can be that chameleon and that's what you want and you could be you know um like what people need like you can show up as the version of yourself like they already like you but the version of yourself that's like can really get to that part of them and really allow, allow them to like work shit out with you. Right. And, um, it's a, for me, I think that I, that I, like w- with my depression in my, like, you know, in my beginning of my twenties and stuff, I feel like I was always so much of that, that I would like, I don't know that I like really, it's hard to say the words. I didn't know who I was, but I, I don't know. I just feel like now at this age, I'm, making more of my own decisions. Like I have more like barriers almost of like, Control. Oh, no, I, I'm this, like yeah. I, I'm willing to, sh- to reshape myself and I'll form to what, what needs to happen in the situation. Like I'll be this version of myself. Like I, I don't have, you know, my, my pride isn't worth getting in the way of like us yeah. having this real talk. Like I'll, I'll get down, I'll get to the level that we need to be on. But now more than ever, as I like learn more about like my mind and emotions you're, you're, and study all this stuff. I, you're, you're more proud and, understanding of where you are in life right and i've noticed that like over the last year like you've you've made strides i'm proud of you for that thanks bro appreciate that you can you can just tell that you're you're in a good place i am and you can tell that you're you're finally comfortable 
When you're happy with where you are. Right. You can I'm, see it. I'm really trying to be, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to to figure out my own path, you know. I'm trying to like learn as much as I can and just do what feels right. I mean, I, like uh like I was talking about with Dev yes uh, two days ago, like what if what if nobody ever believed in themselves? Like what if Martin Luther King just I don't know, bro, I'm kind of a turd. I don't want to go up there. Right. Like, or what if, you know, what if uh, Elon Musk is like, no, bro, I can't fucking make shit. Like bro. any artist, any yeah. musician, like what if they never believed in themselves? And I, I started to realize that I was like not believing in myself. Like I don't even know what I believe in myself in, but I know that like whatever I do, I got to do it because I'm the only one who could do it. Right. Like my, my particular story, just like everybody on this world, like 8 billion people, we've all got our own story. Everyone, everyone's got something. Yeah. You know, we, we've got we've all got our shit and we can only step into it. And, and for me, like I, pe- people pleasing has been a big thing that I've like trying to, to dissolve. Like, because as a chameleon personality, it's also like trying to make sure the vibe is always perfect. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, as much as when there's eight people talking, I notice when there's someone trying to tell a story and they kind of got overrun and then the story kept going. <laughs> I, I'm looking right at them and I'm waiting for the next chance so I can be like, anyway, what were you Amy, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm always <laughs> doing the that. same way. <laughs> yeah, bro. And, and I, and, and it's a beautiful thing and I think it's yeah. a very important role for any friend to have oh, and I love it and I wouldn't facts. change it. But I realized how often I was always in that role. I'm always like, who needs what in this room? Cause yeah. I'm going to mold to that. And yeah. after a while, cause like, you know, no one else is bringing it. Right. Right. And it's, it's important and it, it is your identity in a sense. But for me, it's more of like, you know, even as I get this podcast and I start to like do my own research and learn my own things, like sometimes I have, I I want to be able to like stand up for myself and I want to be able to be like, you know, some things like, I don't know what I believe, but there are some things where I'm like, you know, I think you're wrong. I think that I do believe that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that me without like practicing this and like talking to people and trying to stand up for myself, like I also see it as like, if I continue to do this and I continue to learn and feed my brain and I continue to like adapt and evolve just as a human and really try to self-actualize and be the best version of myself that I can in whatever way that I can, mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with people who don't like that, who don't like my ideas and that's really uncomfortable for me. I don't like when people don't like me. It makes me super nervous. Mm-hmm. I get uncomfortable. I start changing myself so they like me because that's just how I've survived. It's how I adapted and Chameleon. learned the world around me. Yeah, it's like it's such a beautiful thing. But <laughs> if you ain't noticing it, if if you if you ain't like checking yourself in a sense, so I guess over the last you know year, two years, whatever, like I'm just learning more and I'm able to put up more barriers and, and boundaries of like I'm with you and I'm willing to like dissolve myself and be ditto in whatever mm-hmm. situation I need to. But there is some things that I have like values for sure is something that I have now that I don't right. think that I had before. Right. Um, just things that I like don't want to sway on things that I'm willing to argue for and, and like willing to tell people that they're wrong. Like that wasn't something that I would never do before. Cause I just would avoid conflict mm-hmm. in every way that I can. So I, I think if you're, if you're honest and sincere about what you're doing, Damn. it's, it's easy to, not care about someone's opinion. Right. Like if they ain't riding with you, whatever. Like you're you're being yourself. Like yeah. can't beat yourself up about that. But if you're not being honest and you're not being sincere about something you're doing, right. then then it's fair game for someone to judge you. Right. And it comes across I feel like it's like you know, the 
the feeling that we inevitably get. Like people have been so kind to me through like, you know, just the podcast stuff. People are like willing to open up to me and blah, blah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the other end of the table. Like, Hey man, I'm not trying to be anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I'm this. I'm not trying to say that I'm good at this. I'm just trying to like show up at the level that I'm actually at. And I, you know, talk about the level that you're actually at. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, we can't ask for much more than that, man. Like none of us fucking, I don't remember asking to be born. Do you like, I'm just trying to figure this life shit out. I got dropped off, man. I got dropped off the storks, man. They're just the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came down. They beamed me down for sure. Like Dumbo. Yeah. Right. We're always just trying to figure it out, man. And I think that when you could just tell people, you know, like, like the race conversation, like yeah. it's like, as far as a podcast goes, like that's not like the greatest content. Like just hearing some like white dude fumble, fumble <laughs> around some like weird questions, but I'm not trying to not trying to say that I'm a pro about this. I just want to make sure that it's you know addressed because it's something that I feel is important you know right. in our society right now, and I want to make sure there's no like um, just you as like an individual you know like I, I'm looking out for you. So for I'm willing, sure. I'm willing to stumble through the the uh, that's like self righteous. Like I did this for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, but no, I just I think stomach. You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised at how willing other people are to let you just stumble through where you're at. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I like, like, you know, playing sports or making art or singing. Like do people want to see you like your friends just want to see you try, even if you're not the best singer, they just mm-hmm. want to see you like, I really love playing football. And, and I just, you know, I know I'm not the best, but blah, blah. like your friends are like, okay, I never thought of you to be the best. I never right. wanted you to be right. the best. Like you're happy. That's great. For the, yeah. For the, for the most part, people just want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. They want to see you happy, the genuine people. Yeah, there's, there's only a select few that wish wish on your downfall. Right. I I feel like the ratio's so much more positive than people think. Right. There's more there's more people trying to uplift you than drag you down. And that's so true. And but we have this thing. I feel like especially with social media has definitely amped it. But we have this thing where like one wrong comment it's just like we just ignore every good comment like bro like yeah. i'll get a hundred people saying like thanks for what you're doing i appreciate it blah blah and then one person's like dude you're a turd you suck. <laughs> what are you talking about like and i'm like Dev, i'm losing sleep your bro. shoes like, are untied bro your shoes are untied <laughs> you unprofessional piece of shit hey, fuck. it's in and we we catch on to those things i mean but more and more the more i start to say uh, my, my counselor told me this thing uh, I had been going on and on about this. It was just rambling, you know, and she just goes uh, like in a soft way. She just looks right at me. And she's like, uh, and what's that tempting you to believe? She said that to me. And I remember like, I literally laughed afterwards. I was like, oh, fuck, I thought that I was pointing it out, but like, you're right. You know, like, and, and that's the same thing is like what people have to say about you, especially if they're wishing on your downfall, you know, it, it ain't true. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like you, you could be like, okay, like you, you could think that like, you, you you could you could try to say that I'm that, but you know, like I that well that I'm just that, human. that just goes back to the power piece. Like yeah, you give things power. Don't give that comment power. Right. And it won't bother you. Right. At the end of the day at the end of the day there are letters on a cell phone. God damn. Don't give it power. Right. It won't bug you. Give power to the positive. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more positive. Especially sure. especially like when you're like this, you know, like the the support that I get, like people are just so pumped about it. And yeah. Like, I just feel like like grateful. Like so sometimes I'm like I, like 
don't amp me up. Like I have this, like, uh, I guess almost like the spotlight thing. Like I'm mm-hmm. not trying to, I'm not trying to hit home runs. Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to like, I'm co- like, I guess that's what we're all shooting for in a sense. Like you mm-hmm. should be shooting to get around the bases for sure. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah. Praise and in judgment are, are strange things. We're, so, we're such societal creatures. We like, we need it or we don't need it. For sure. It's, it's madness. Well, bro, you want to, uh, you want to get off here and have cool. another beer? Yeah, I'm cool. Anything else you need to talk about? Nah, man. It's a good time. It was definitely a good time. I feel like, uh, I mean, we say this all the time, but now that we're actually hanging out, it's like the coronavirus of a couple months of like nobody's seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now that, unless we get a second wave, who knows, but. I can knock on wood, but uh, it'd be great to have you up here, man. I, I, I think you're an intellectual person. I love your demeanor. Um, obviously, I love having you around just as a homie, yeah. uh, but I like you know being able to talk to you about things because like for sure, I feel like you have just a, a level-headed view of so many things. Appreciate but that. I appreciate you coming on here. Yeah, and I love you, man. Love you too, dog. Folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please share. Just follow, like, subscribe any of those things, whatever's relevant to you, whatever's just a quick click away is not too much of an inconvenience. And if you think it'll help somebody else, just share it. If you think it'll help somebody else, I appreciate it. We'll see you next episode.